Ladies, gents, boys and girls, welcome to yet another episode of the first X Minutes podcast. I'm your host, Rotimi Daramala. Uh, you'll find these episodes and more episodes of this podcast on Twitter. Um, just check out the handle at one for the goals. That's at one for the goals. O-N-E-F-O-R-T-H-E-G-O-A-L-S. We're counting our blessings for the very strange year. We're counting our gratitude. We're making our gratitudes. We're filling our gratitude journals as regards the things that the creator of the universe has done for one, has done for all as regards surviving the last 12 months of a very strange year called 2020. And I missed all of that as football fans. You know how we do it. Uh, we tend to want to reminisce on the games, on the spectacular moments that we witnessed um, as regards the as regards football in general, whether it was the UEFA Champions League or the Champions um, that's at the Champions for the CONCACAF Champions League or whether it was something that had to do with the international football uh, we're just counting a lot of people are talking about their most memorable games a lot of people are talking about their most unforgettable games from the year 2020 and I thought I, 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 I took a minute took me like 10 minutes or 15 to dig out the necessary numbers and of course dig out the necessary memories from the games i watched now it was impossible to see all the games but definitely i had had to to dig in deep to say okay which games did i watch this year that were really 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 unforgettable for me they were memorable because of one person i saw or because of one of one player of one moment that i saw from those games and um i i was just writing down a list i was writing down a list and i finished i was like okay you know what i had 10 at first and then i had to like okay you know what i i i had to settle for for in between two games so maybe by the time i get to that to that to those games then we will talk about them and i probably can ask you if you guys saw them which one you consider the most memorable so and not in any not in any particular order now uh just i just listed them randomly as my memory um, permitted me and uh, one of the first games most memorable games that comes to mind this year has to be the 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 one between um manchester city and liverpool yes not the one one draw one the one that they played post-covid um, in the 1920 season, uh, the one that had Manchester City set up a guard of honor for um, the Reds, uh, and um, it, it wasn't the score. Yeah, the scoreline was surprising. Liverpool failed to score, and Manchester City scored four. Uh, of course, it was not Anfield. It was at the Etihad Stadium. But what was more surprising and more intriguing about the game was Manchester City's guard of honor. It, it was like it was like the most utterly disrespectful respectful thing that i've ever seen yet they they set up a guard of honor and even before the players have completely walked through the guard of honor the likes of bernard silva have already walked off from the guard of honor it was it was like as if they were pissed off to see liverpool run away well that's the word run away with the league title and uh, for me i think it was intriguing it was a very hilarious moment because it it showed just how hurt manchester city were um by the sight of the likes of um, liverpool winning that first evasive finally winning that evasive premier league 
title that game ended in a 4-0 win for manchester city of course it didn't count that much it was still going to the history books as one of the games where one of the games between both sides that recorded three at least three goals um but liverpool had already won the title the, the the harm had been done or should i say the damage had been done moving on um second game has to be the one between um liverpool uh, sorry spurs and hammers i'm talking about tottenham hot spurs and um david moyes um david moyes's west ham yes that game ended i'm talking about the one that was played this season 3-3 and the reason why i'm mentioning this game is because of that goal and there was a very very spectacular goal if you haven't seen it i beg i beg you please go watch it um i think it was a goal spurs were already ready in front in this game i think they were 3-1 3-1 up in this game and west ham started to build pressure they started to apply pressure we're trying to come back to get at least something from this game and something they did get from this game first it was um i think it was um it was the 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 own goal by um sanchez which was followed quickly by manuel lanzini's beauty of a goal and there was no better timing to score this goal they were trying to get the equalizer they were trying to get something from this game and the 93rd minute of the game in a game that was being played against spurs while spurs were the home side manuel lanzini struck the ball hard he struck it well and of course it was one hell of a beauty of a goal if you haven't seen that goal i want you to check it check it out oh yeah spurs were actually leading three nil they were actually reading 3-0 in that game and come to think of it i i got into this game i remember well i got into this game in the last what like 10 minutes because i'd already abandoned the game we're supposed to renew uh no can anything good come out of this israel i'd already gone to watch another game and then i was just like yeah, let me just catch up with this game i got into the last 10 minutes i saw the dappings in um, sanchez on goal and then I, I i was just i was it was like i was about leaving uh, and the, the game and then that goal from the set pace and everything man um, spurs scrambling and west ham just took advantage manuel lanzini and of course picked the right I don't know it's hard to say if, if players pick the right spot for this kind of goals but I mean he hit it he hit it well and of course the ball found its way into the back of the net both teams will share the spoils in that game but that was one hell of a game let's leave Europe let's leave England for a minute and let's touch I tried as much as possible to spread my arms as regards games watched this season or this year and uh, one of the places I loved I loved their style I won't say necessarily love their style of game but it gave a, a, a fresh breath of air as regards what to expect in terms of football it was nothing like what the Europeans call football I'm talking about the South American Champions League which in other words in, in local tongue or language is called the Copa Libertadores and um, Flamengo reigning champions um, came into this one I think they had already lost the first leg no, no, no the first leg that ended in a draw yes uh, i think i didn't follow the first leg now i'm guilty of that i didn't follow the first leg but uh, the second leg was really really one hell of an exciting game and um i, I just thought I, I wasn't even thinking to myself I, I didn't really there were a lot of games that night and i just okay you know what let me just check out this racing club for me let me just see what they're, they're, they're about and um first from the first minute it was like a back and forth thing 
but it was clear what racing club wanted to do they wanted to hold on and hold out knowing fully well the kind of attacking um um, prowess that flamengo packed being the champions of course and playing uh, i think they were playing yes they were playing at home yes they were playing at home at the maracana stadium I, I i stand to be corrected yes they were playing at the maracana stadium and everything was um, was not necessarily working in favor of um racing up onto that play. i mean they were just trying to hold on for their life the first game ended in a one one draw and they already had a, a player center so in this second game in brazil i mean a brazilian side versus an argentine an argentine side it was a bit cagey in the first half uh, the the first two goals that were scored in the first leg were scored in the first 15 minutes of the game in the second leg i had to wait till the 65th minute to get um a goal in part because flamengo were wasteful flamengo were uh what's it called now the players were more about individualistic performances rather than playing um as 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 a team so and yeah another third factor because of the um what's it called now um the the racing goalkeeper i'll try to get his name in a minute the guy was a revelation for me gabriel arias he did so he performed so fantastically especially in the second second leg he made four saves and three of those saves were from inside the box he was he was totally immense aside the the player who's who played right back um for for or right center back for for racing that's leonardo signali um, I think he was the best player on the pitch on that day for racing. Now, Flamengo had a lot of fantastic players and I still can't imagine, I still can't fathom how they lost this one. The likes of their captain, Everton, uh, Vitinho and Bruno Henrique were suspect as regards losing chances. How can I forget Gerson? Gerson played like Pogba. His stride on the ball was majestic. His passes were almost always accurate. But Flamengo, the reigning champions, the then reigning champions, could not make the most of everything. That, because Racing Club just simply sat deep. Yes, they were waiting. Okay, we're going to try to soak up the pressure. We're going to try to soak up the pressure. Yeah, and then they considered going. Like, okay, uh-oh, we are on our way out. And then William Arau just rose up to the high, the highest and then scored that um, header um, in the 93rd minute. Late goals, right? Um, Lanzini, 93rd minute. William, 93rd minute. You see the fun I'm talking about that we experienced. I experienced when it comes to football in 2020. And then game had to drag on into penalties now check this william arau who scored the equalizing goal for flamengo yes william arau scored the equalizing goal for flamengo but the funny thing is that when he got to the penalties same william arau lost his own penalty he failed to convert his own penalty and that was what led to um the reigning champions now becoming the uh ex well once upon a time because they could not go on to defend their title fourth game Dexter's league i don't know if you've seen it the creative championships and um a comprising of eight teams 
um, it's really I think it's one of the purest form of grassroots football most organized grassroots football that I've seen in Nigeria and um, there's been a whole lot of talk about football being organized football being as strategic as possible and i think this is the closest that i've seen um any nigerian entity come to organizing something that is this organized pun maybe intended or not intended you decide and one of the high flying and teams from the the the, the game from the league i beg your pardon remo stars under 19 um, sometimes they like to call themselves Remo Academy when um, we were playing at home and they welcomed Dino now let me give you a backstory of this game Dino before this game Dino SC they are kept three clean sheets I think um, going into this game and um, that's three clean sheets in four games uh, Remo going into this game were scoring for fun I think they, uh, they have scored two goals on the bounce in, uh, in each of their last three games so it was like a case of high flying high scoring side versus an Atletico Madrid-esque side and of well it was a cagey game first half ended in a 0-0 uh, scoreline with both sides um, unwilling to crack but in the second half it was amazing Remo switched things up the, the wingers were on fire and the midfielders really threatening them. I still remember that I watched it live I went to visit the stadium it was fun to watch some amazing goals Remo won the game by two goals to nil by the way and um, they, they, they in, in a way they put Dino in their place when it comes to stating their claims um, for winning and the maiden creative championship uh, title. If you have not been following this league, I think you should follow them on social media. Uh, you will find out that Nigerian football, grassroots football, has a lot to offer than we can see on the surface. I'll take a quick flight from Nigeria down to France. I remember, um, I think, I can't remember the podcast episode now. Um, my friend, I brought my friends on Cerebrone and um, um, Tosin, that's powerful FJ. I brought them on to talk about um, the French League on, yes, episode 106, League on 101, Romantic Football, the right pronunciations and how to keep up with the French Joneses, you should check that out. My friends Cerebrone and Powerful FJ um, jumped on this one to 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 lecture us or lecture me, lecture podcast listeners, first X minutes podcast listeners um, about the beauty of French league on football. So I decided, okay, you know what? I'll try as much as possible to keep up with the French Joneses in the French league on and. Um, as early as the third round, I was not. I, I, I'd been keeping up. I kept an eye on Start Renard. Kept a, kept an eye on Lille. Um, those two teams. PSG didn't start their their league early, so there wasn't much to keep an eye on for that. And in round three, there was an amazing game I watched. I think it was Lille Meds. The game did not end within 93rd minutes um, goal, um, but. The, 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 there was a late goal that was, that was scored by Luis Arau. But one thing I, I enjoyed from this game was the keeper I discovered, and that's the Mets goalkeeper. His name is, uh, well, it's hard to pronounce, but I'll try my best. Alexandre Hukija. Yes, Alexandre 
Okija. And um, in that game, he made so many saves. He's an Algerian. He's 32 years old. I don't know if he's in the Algerian national side, but judging by his performance in that game against Lille, I think the coach, the Algerian national team manager, should be calling him and say, hey, you know what? try to come and make some cameo appearances even if you if you are not even going to stay for long considering your age try to make some cameo appearances for us he made five saves in that game um and um he was one of the major reasons why the scoreline was not more than one nil the other reason was because the likes of brack yomas and jonathan david in fact all the jonathans that lil had um on the pitch that i think they had three yes jonathan ikoni jonathan bamba and <laughs> jonathan david all three of them were really wasteful they 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 time and time again found spaces behind um meds five-man defense um which was usually non-compact for most of the game but they just couldn't find their finishing boots and that's how that one ended it was really really memorable for me because of um alexandra okija that's the goalkeeper that i found out or that i discovered moving to game what now one two three four five yes game six how can i forget this six goal thriller at um milan at san siro has to be the milan three roma three game and um for all it's worth i think that was one of the games where i saw zlatan ibrahimovic in yet another light dropping deep troubling the roma defense you know using his height and his hold up play to his advantage Holding up play long enough for the likes of Rafael Leo and uh, Liao and um, Hakantal Noglu to move into position. I, I mean, the right positions to further um, hip pressure on the Roma side. I think it was a beautiful sight to see. For me, I, that game it was a testament of one. Zlatan might be 39 years old, but he, man, he still got it. And I think it's one of the fundamental reasons why Milan up to date still unbeaten in the league. Just one loss in the Europa League. Um, two, it showed the kind of greed that Man, uh, Milan is made of. Um, I think in that game they kept going. Okay, was it was it was it was it them going going down to goals now? Um, goals scored by Milan by Roma. I, I I know that I really can't remember much about the game, but the scoreline definitely remember memorable and the fact that they kept replying roma goals um milan scored first roma equalized milan scored again roma equalized milan scored again of course roma equalized with that it's a first another late goal um game but it, it was just a testament to an extent of how Milan um, have been set up the season. They're not afraid of conceding goals, which is quite, I mean, that's like um, a Marcelo Bielsa-esque side, but they will get their goals when they want to get their goals. And I think that is a positive for uh, Milan fans who are hoping that their side can win a first um, league title in what? Nine? maybe a decade i think the last time was the one it was nine years or ten years ago so uh they will try to see if they can win that one for themselves i'm going to the champions league i think this is the sixth game rb salzburg Bayern Munich. that's the 2020 2021 2020 2021 season and each it, to an extent i've always heard of rb salzburg how they're good how they're well you know well drilled side and all of that but 
I didn't really know much about the side so I thought okay you know what let's watch the side especially when they're playing against the big guns in Europe reigning champions as of the time this game was played and the boy they played without fear they played with reckless abandon whenever they had the opportunity they didn't even care about respecting the Bavarians or something they just went all out and they did their thing and they tried as much as possible to get as many goals as they could lay their hands on typical of RB Salzburg I will be looking out for them in the UEFA Europa League um, and my condolences in advance to teams that will be facing off or that will be squaring off against them in games in the Europa League that game ended in a 4-2 game yeah, in a 4-2 um, thriller uh, but they really pushed the Bavarians to the no sorry 6-2 6-2 I beg your pardon now they really really pushed the Bavarians to the wall and especially in the first half which ended in a slim yeah you see 2-1 advantage for Bayern Munich. Now, typically teams want to respect the likes of Bayern Munich, you know, and say, okay, oh, well, it's Bayern Munich. I mean, they're just the newly the newly crowned European champions. I mean, you should give them respect. But respect was the least that this thing on, on the Austrians' mind, the audacity to go high, to go forward and bump forward. It was the brazen um, confidence that the Austrians had that got me in this game. Well, they would fall to four late goals. When I say late goals, Jerome Boateng in the 79th minute and then Leroy Sané in the 83rd minute and then Robert Lewandowski in the 88th minute and of course, Lucas Hernandez in the 92nd minute. But if you look at the time frame, they must have exhausted themselves while trying to push 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 and that was what exactly happened they had expended all their energy in the first 75 minutes trying to chase the ball trying to push back the push back with their own full backs the full backs of the Bavarians and trying to make all opportunities count for themselves um it tells by their first the the, the first the, the the possession they had and the statistics they had in the first half of the game tells a lot they had 10 shots um and three on target in the first half compared to um the eight and seven they had in the second half well that was more but that, that that was basically because they were chasing the game and, and they got the equalizer for a 2-2 i mean the, the first half ended in 2-1 and then they got the equalizer in 2-2 in that same second half so you can understand the pressure that they were mounting on Bayern Munich and Hansen Flick's um, side to get the goal but of course they just fizzled out um, towards the latter end of the game and the champions did what champions do best still in the champions league how can we forget how can i forget liverpool atletico madrid <laughs> liverpool atletico madrid um i i, I the only thing i can remember there are a few things i can remember from this game and, and i think it's because i've seen it quite a few times um alvaro morata's goal celebration it's not even the goal it's the goal celebration that gets me every time I've tried to 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 understand it. I've tried to excuse me, make sense of it. I've tried to um, um, like who is it? Is he appeasing people? Is he trying to apologize for the goal? Is he trying to respect the Atletico fans? I don't know exactly what was going on. And then two, the player 
who made the sliding move and just slid past Alvaro Morata? I really don't know who that is. And then, of course, Diego Simeone's celebration for that goal. It's everything memorable. The Spaniards knocked out the reigning champions of the UEFA Champions League. Liverpool knocked them out at home, at Hanfield. And, you know, the backstory of this game was like, you know, from the first leg, Liverpool were like, oh, well, Atletico Madrid have to come to Anfield, you know. They still have to come to Anfield. And Anfield was like this revered place. And, of course, it was a Diego Simeone masterclass. Dragged them all the way to extra time. And, of course, just (laughs) put some extra nails on the coffin. A black midnight saves in that game, by the way. So it wasn't all about the um, attackers for Atletico Madrid. Of course, the goalkeeper had one or two things to do with that. Staying in Europe, one of the most amazing games I think I watched I watched this year was the Euro qualifiers between Serbia and Scotland. It was dramatic. Yeah, maybe boring for the first maybe somewhat game minutes of the game because both sides were KG the first the, the two leg system was gone so it was just all about go big or go home um, Serbians are home Scotland the away side Scotland tried to qualify for uh, a major tournament for the first time since I think France 98 and um they got the goal. The, the Scots got the first goal of the game. The Serbs will the collide very, very late. I think 90 plus something minutes. Um, Lukajovic will get the goal for them. And then, of course, penalties straight up. Was it penalties straight up? I really can't remember. But I remember that the game dragged on into penalties. And I remember specifically, specifically that um, Mitrovic lost his penalty. And um, it was celebrated like wildfire. Like, yes! Scotland qualifying for a major tournament since um, I mean some people even translated the year period into a month period some went as far as translating it into <clears throat> a day days period uh, you know how dramatic football fans can be especially when calculating the length or how long a drought a particular drought has lasted well we will be seeing Scotland in the Euros next year. I'm talking about 2021. The Euro 2020 will be played in 2021. That's how strange the year 2020 has been. Well, last but not least, no, 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 no. This game number 10, Ukraine, Switzerland, maybe not so popular, one of the um, UEFA Nations League games, but it was one of the first of the season that I watched. And um, both sides really gave joy. Um, at some point, hitting the woodwork, Alexander Zinchenko played in 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 midfield. He actually got a goal. It was the captain, so <laughs> it was fun to watch. Um, Switzerland also. I mean, I mean, it was a back and forth um, game and was really really enjoyable. What was also enjoyable was the sight of seeing. Um, former AC Milan striker Andreev Shevchenko on the touchline for Ukraine that's really one of the things that made it memorable for me um, one of the memorable games for the year 2020 now for the 11th game I'm tied in between two games the first has to be Borussia Dortmund Schalke that's the 4-0 um, game and 
that was key because it was one of the first set of games that the Bundes that was being played in the Bundesliga after the league tried to resume duties. You know, the league had to go on a break because of the COVID-19 and all of that, the lockdown and everything. And of course, Angela Merkel and uh, the political um, powers in Germany decided, okay, you know what, football can resume and every we, we know i was wondering how is it going to be are players going to use different water bottles you know there was the argument about will players be allowed to speed will they even be allowed to close closely mark each other sweat and all of that you know so it was one of the first games i watched after the covid break and uh, i remember uh, harlan scored the first goal and <laughs> the players in celebrating the goal um where the what's the what's the word now they observed social distance so it was a social distanced or distancing goal celebration which at the time we were wondering well if y'all tackle each other and if you all mark each other why don't you or y'all jump at or on each other when celebrating goals well that was the first game second game has to be the one between psg and atalanta I think it was quite emotional. Emotional because we had seen Atlanta come this far. And okay, let me not stop saying we. I had seen Atlanta come this far. And I was thinking that they would go all the way. I mean, guys, just go all the way, push this all the way, and let's see what we can make of it. Well, it wasn't meant to be. The French boys did what they did best. And of course, I think it proved to an extent that the david versus goliath story doesn't apply that much often in football sometimes a team just reaches the peak that it can't go any further not because they can't because they they can't i mean it's just 11 versus 11 but sometimes quality just rises to the top and that was what happened when Atlanta faced PSG um, in that Champions League game it was really really emotional for Atlanta you know a lot of people were following the underdogs could they do it could they not do it three goals but two of those goals were scored by PSG Whew! 12 games 12 most memorable games from the year 2020 if you can relate to any of these games please leave me a comment yeah for the first 10 games yeah they're sure but i'm in between the borussia dortmund shout game and the psg atalanta game which of these two games do you think was the most memorable for you in 2020 and of these 10 games or these 12 games that i mentioned which ones do you have sweet sweet memories from you can leave us a comment on twitter at one for the goals that's o-n-e-f-o-r-t-h-e-g-o-a-l-s thank you so much for being a fantastic part of this uh, first X Minutes podcast episode after episode y'all have been tuning in shout out to y'all that have listened to every episode shout out to y'all that binge listen um, and follow the podcast from episode to episode thank you so much 2020 has been a f- very very fantastic year massive shout out to um, all the fans and new friends that I made and connected with in the year 2020 I might have to do a separate podcast where I have to say a special 2020 thank you to all the names that I featured on the podcast 2020 has been fantastically strange but we're alive we're moving to the next year and I think that on its own as a standalone it's a big big blessing and what's more as a blessing having you listen to 
um this episode of the podcast if you have made it thus far please endeavor to leave a rating wherever you get your podcast episodes from until i come your way in the next episode of the podcast which might be on the 31st of december or in the first few days of january whatever you're doing happy holidays please stay safe there's a second wave and new variants of the covid19 virus out there please endeavor to stay safe for yourself and your loved ones whatever you'll be doing in the days ahead i hope it's profitable and i hope you make the most of the best use of your time because well life is long life is also short i'll catch you in the next episode of the podcast cheers Bye for now.